Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at c3citylight.com or on social media at C3 City Light. And I'm about to start talking about one of the greatest movies ever been made. If I said this one line, this movie's so popular, you'd probably know the movie. Oh, let's just see. You're killing me, Smalls. Sandlot, right? Man, there was, anybody familiar with the movie Sandlot? Yeah. Coming of age tell, what it was like growing up in the 60s. And uh, it's a beautiful film, right? Just about neighborhood boys being a little bit rowdy. Like, just, I love that movie. It just resonates. It's timeless. Timeless movie. But there's this thing in that movie... And it breaks my heart and cracks me up all at the same time. Um, the kid hits the ball over the fence, and they're having to shut down the game. And, ah, oh, we said no home runs. Oh, we, oh, it's okay, guys. There's a ball at my house. And he goes in his house, and he moves the protective thing and all that, and he grabs the ball, and it's an autographed ball, and they start playing with it. Game on. There's the ball, and they keep going. Have a great time. And then the ball gets hit, and it gets over the fence and it's destroyed and on that ball it was an autographed ball by Babe Ruth come on how many of us know you don't play baseball with the autographed ball by the big bambino not the candy bar the babe you don't do that and what's this guy doing that is what I'm afraid I think communion can become to us if we're not careful Something so amazing, so wonderful, so precious. <laughs> we would just treat it. Oh, let's just play baseball with it. It'll be okay. Like, no, no wait. It's the Bambino. It's Babe Ruth. We're not playing baseball with that autographed ball. It means too much. And in our life, if we're not careful, we can begin to lose the value. We can begin to properly appreciate what Jesus has done on the cross, and we just take this new covenant, this access, this forgiveness of sins, we can take it so for granted that we're just trite with it. We're just flipping with it. We're not going to do that today. So today I'm going to teach a little bit, probably more so than I normally do. I just want to break it down between the old covenant and the new covenant. Like, let's really understand what we're getting into with communion. And not just the old covenant. Let's call it like this, the first covenant. Old, you almost think like, yeah, it's an old pair of shoes. Like, no, the, the first covenant's not an old, tear, torn up pair of running shoes. It's beautiful. And everything a part of the first covenant points to our need for Jesus. It does. All of it. All of it does. But then we're going to really see what Jesus was saying and what he fulfilled and brought in the second covenant. Yeah, it's the new covenant, but it's the second covenant. It was a fulfillment. It was a complete, perfect picture of what, what he did for us. All right, here we go. So here's the question in the old covenant, in the first covenant. Here's the question we got to answer. How do unholy people have a relationship with the living God? Like, how do they have a relationship with God and they're not getting killed, like, every couple seconds? <laughs> right? We saw, like, how they were moving. They were moving um, the tabernacle. They were moving the Ark of the Covenant, and they accidentally touched it because it was getting wobbly, and they, those guys got killed instantly. Like, how do people who are broken and busted and jacked up, how do they have a relationship with the holy God and not constantly die? That's what the first covenant did. It made a way. It set up a system. 
How do you keep millions of people walking around the desert for 40 years until they inherit the problem? How do you keep them from just dying of the coronavirus? Okay, too soon, my bad. More people have died from the flu this year in the U.S. I ain't trying to make light of it. I'm just saying, like, let's just all take a breath and wash our hands. We're going to make it. God's faithful. He's an anchor. I heard someone preach that recently. It was so good. Never mind. Sorry. But how do you have that many people on top of each other and not just, like, trash heaps and this and sickness and open sores? The Lord gave them the Ten Commandments. Gave them rules, gave them guidelines, gave them a way, not only just to have a relationship with him. You're going to be my chosen people through you. I'm going to bless you so much that the whole world's going to be blessed, but I'm going to do it through you. So these guidelines kept them in relationship with him, but it also kept them safe and all this type of stuff. So if you've got your Bible, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to pick up at verse 1. This is Hebrews 10. We're going to start at verse 1. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under the system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide a perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices could have stopped. For the worshipers would have been purified once and for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But understand, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. Oh, this is key right here. Verse 4, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You do not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with the burnt offerings or the other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I have come to do your will. Oh, God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. Verse 8, for Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased by them. Though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. Verse 10, for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Say once. And for all time, under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins. Good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at the God's right hand. You know, it's really easy. To fall asleep when you read 12 verses. Thank you for not falling asleep. Now, it's really easy to gloss over that because we're so used to living the way we live. We're so used to coming to church. We're so used to just, could you imagine rolling up at the tabernacle and you've got your sacrifice with you? Come on, Mimi the lamb, let's go. Mimi's going to the tabernacle, but she ain't going to make it back home. Could you imagine? 
how we've been raising Mimi. Here's the milk with the little nub. There you go, Mimi. Mimi, come on, Mimi, we're going. You're trying to explain to your little kid why Mimi ain't going to make it back. And it's the day of atonement. It's the day of atonement. The priests are going to make sacrifices. Or it's one of the offerings. So you have, you got to understand, like, we don't deal with this stuff, man. So the day of atonement, people would bring their sacrifices. The, um, the priests would kill two goats. They would kill two. They'd also kill a bull. But the priests would make this, God, forgive us of our sins. Like, and it was every single year. That's what the author of Hebrews is talking about. Every single year, we had to do it again. Had to do it again. Had to do it again. And if it worked, that feeling of guilt would have gone away. But not every year. Let's go back. Come on, Mimi. But it wasn't just these two goats. It was sacrifices and offerings all throughout the year. If you couldn't afford little Mimi, you got the little turtle doves. It wasn't about the sacrifice, whether it was a lamb or a goat or a bull. It was like about this principle. Jesus, we need your covering over our sins. So, yes, it was atonement, the covering, but it was also these festivals that they celebrated. Like, for example, the Passover. You guys remember the story? I'm going to jog everyone's memory from kids' church. So the night that the Israelites were about to get rescued from Egypt, I mean, all these years, 400 years of captivity, being slaves, God's like, nah, man, it's time to get my people out of here. I got a promise for them. I got a land for them. I got a specific destiny for them. They're coming out. And God developed Moses and raised up Moses and trained Moses and filled him with faith to go for it. He's like, this is the 10th plague. This thing's over. I know Pharaoh keeps going back. They're going to be so glad you're leaving. They're going to give you jewelry, give you gold just to get you out of the land. This is what I want you to do. I want you to kill a lamb, slaughter it. I want you to take hyssop and I want you to take that plant. And after you kill it, take the blood and use that plant, use the leaves, and put it on each side of the doorpost, on the side, on the top, and on the other side. And my angel, man, my wrath is coming in this place hot and heavy. I'm going to kill the firstborn of every person in here. And every house that has been covered by blood, my judgment will pass over it and go to the next, right? Like communion is all of the sacrificial system in one. It's all of that. And it's the perfect fulfillment. So, yeah, we're talking about the Day of the Atonement. Yeah, we're talking about the Passover lamb sacrifice. We're talking about all of that. But Jesus completely filled, fulfilled all of those. I mean, if you wanted to have access to God, come on, we're trying to answer the question, how do unholy people have relationship with the holy God? Yeah, so the Day of Atonement, absolutely. But also about this Passover That reminded them of their deliverance from Egypt. And as long as that lamb was killed each year, and as long as they sat down for that meal and they celebrated, they passed on the legacy of freedom. They passed on the story of what God's faithfulness looks like. They passed it on to the next generation and to the next generation and just kept it going. But all of those things pointed to Jesus. The freedom they experienced out of bondage of slavery, that's what we get in Christ. Not from the Pharaoh of Egypt, but from the selfish Pharaoh of our sinful heart. We can get freedom from it. That's what the blood of Jesus does. So look, God instructed the Hebrews, man, he instructed them. This is an annual reminder. He built this into their life. This is an annual reminder with the Passover lamb. But Jesus said the same thing. As often as you do this, 
Do this in remembrance of me. It is a regular reminder when we take communion what God's done for us. All the Christian faith really boils down to this. We're never going to be good enough. We're never going to be good enough. For you to get that feeling of guilt to go away, it's just like the old covenant. We gave the sacrifice and we tried really hard and we did this and we did this. And then the guilt just came right back. And we just start right back. When Jesus came once and for all, the guilt has been removed. The condemnation has been removed. The sin that separates us from having access to God. We no longer need burnt offerings and grain offerings. And he did it all. And I, my prayer is that when you leave this place today, you're going to just give up on trying to be a really good person. If I just am good enough, if I'm just this, if I'm just that. No, Jesus did it. You don't have to do it. Jesus was good enough. You don't have to be. Somebody just breathe. Oh, good. I've been trying to be perfect and get a gold star my whole life. He was good enough. All right. I do actually have some points, though. Sorry. Point number one. The day I'm teaching, I call this thing farm the table. I know it sounds so abstract. Anybody know what farm the table is? Come on, man. You go to this nice bougie restaurant. It's farm the table here. So little Mimi was running around and jumping and playing yesterday. Oh, now but she's prepared with this wonderful roux. This wonderful um, whatever sauce you want to put on. I can't eat chutney. Something that goes with lamb. I don't even know. We don't eat bougie restaurants like that a lot. Sorry. Fresh off my mind. But it's farm the table. There's no middle, man. Mimi's jumping one day, and now she's dead and on my table with the apple in her mouth. I'm sorry. All the vegans in the room are going to start throwing tomatoes at me. But you get what I'm saying. Like, there's no middle, man. On the farm one day, on the table the next. Boom process is clean. Sorry if I offended you. Um, Here we go. Jesus is the sacrifice. You get this? There's no more bringing Mimi to the high priest. There's no more bringing every single year, every all regularly for the offerings and sacrifices. There's no more of that. There's no more of that. Jesus is the sacrifice. I love the way it says it here in verse 10. But it also says that in John 1.29, John the Baptist sees Jesus walking in, sees him walking by, and he stops what he's doing. Behold, the sinless, perfect lamb of the world. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There's no more Mimi. There's no more lamb. Jesus was the lamb of God. Jesus is the sacrifice. Before Jesus was crucified, he met with the disciples. He met with them in a large room. And this is what he said in Luke 22, 20. I'm just going to quote it to you. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. He's the perfect lamb of God. No one took his life from him. The disciples were like, we're trying to fight and Peter cut someone's ear. No, stop it, Peter. No one's taking my life. I'm laying it down. If I wanted to call angels, there would be a legion right here, and I could roll out of this. This needs to be done. I want this to be done. I am the lamb. This has to be a part of it. And he's telling these guys, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. It's no longer about a bull. It's no longer about a lamb. It's no longer about, it's about the lamb of God once and for all. When this blood gets shed, when this sacrifice gets made, the day of atonement is happening once and for all. Our sins are covered. So that happens. 
The next thing we see, though, isn't just that. verse 2 or second point Jesus is the high priest in verse 12 he says but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins good for all time so you've got Jesus is the sacrifice and then you've got Jesus is the high priest we're no longer going to a man to make intercession for us to God we're going to Jesus Jesus is the high priest once and for all that's why we're not bringing sacrifices and offerings to <laughs> a priest jesus is our high priest we bring our sacrifices and praise and all stuff to jesus to god directly it's farm the table it's no longer this and then run through this system and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and it gets processed and processed and processed and then there's the result access to god no, 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 it's farm the table now through the blood and body of Jesus. He was the complete sacrifice. He was the high priest. He's the high priest. First covenant, old covenant, Old Testament, animals, high priests. They had to be Levites. All these rules, all these restrictions, dietary restrictions, uh, what they could wear. They couldn't wear certain things, mixed fabrics, all of that type of stuff. I mean, there were so many regulations and rules. Like the FDA got their playbook from the Old Testament. The EPA got their playbook from the Levite. I mean, like, goodness, 613 Levitical laws. That's a lot of rules. I'm exhausted just thinking about that. Jesus completed and fulfilled all of that. All of that he completed. But not only was he the sacrifice, he's our high priest that offered himself to God as a single sacrifice. That's why we make such a big deal about Easter. The Christian faith rises and falls on what we say about Jesus. Love him or hate him, leave him or take him, receive him or whatever, it all comes down about Jesus. He laid his life down. No one took it. He died. His heartbeat stopped. He wasn't asleep taking a nap, the swoon theory. Like, no, he was legitimately dead. Like Roman guard soldiers who, like their whole job in life, they get paid to kill people. They're experts on death. They know if a body's dead or not. He's dead. No one's going to sneak past them. They're Roman guards. Like they're some of the best powerhouses at killing people of all time. And they protected that body. No one came and stole that body. But the Holy Spirit resurrected Jesus. He rolled out of that grave. That stone rolled away and he's out proving that he was the sacrifice. He is the high priest. And now he offers freedom to all of us once and for all. That guilt, that shame, that worry, that doubt, that all that stuff we deal with, he settled it once and for all. And it's understanding. It's getting a revelation. It's getting this, Jesus, you did it. You're enough. I can just breathe. <sighs> doesn't mean we're lazy. It doesn't mean like we don't work hard and then we just. Look, if you didn't study for that test in school, were you going to make an A? Like, come on. Like we live our life. Jesus, I haven't thought about you and my finances like once this year. Help me cover rent this month. <laughs> like, look, there's grace. There's forgiveness. There's mercy. And then there's also stewardship. Like, God loves us too much to leave us how he found us. 
No, he loves us. He accepts us. He embraces us. We receive him. But like the true tell of grace isn't getting forgiven of sins. It's getting lifted up out of the pit that we were enslaved to. And that's what freedom looks like. Jesus does all of that. Jesus does all of that. He's the sacrifice. He's the high priest. This is farm the table. All the middlemen have been cut out. Middleman's been cut out. It's been cut out. We're now the church. We are now the body of Christ, individually and corporately. We are. Yeah, we come on Sunday morning, we encourage each other, we advance the kingdom and cause of God, we let people know that God loves them. We do this. But guess what? When you go home, you're still the church. Tomorrow morning, as the dental hygienist, you're still the church. Tomorrow, driving Uber, you're still the church. Uh, Teaching your kid how to play baseball, still the church. Coaching Little League, still the church. Like, still the church. Everywhere you go, you're the church. It's not a place you go to. It's something you've become. You're the temple of God. I can't believe it. The God in heaven, through his son, gave us access to him by putting the Holy Spirit inside of us and from the inside out, transforming our hearts that we're now the temple of God. He resides in us. It's ridiculous. Like, it sounds too good to be true. This whole process has just been circumvented. Boom, I'm going to make you holy. How do unholy people have a relationship with a living God that's holy? Come on, we're singing, I'm a friend of God. You weren't singing that in the old covenant. Please don't kill me. I'm an enemy of you because of my sin. But now he no longer calls us servants. He calls us friends. Everything changed because of Jesus. Sacrifice. High priest, everything changed because of Jesus. I'm telling you, and if we're not careful, we'll treat communion like an autographed Babe Ruth ball that no one cares about. Come on, guys, let's not stop the game. Let's play ball. No, man. Look what he did. We're not just eating some wafers. This was his body that he endured. Crown of thorns, whipping on his back bloodied up, pierced in his side, naked and exposed for all. Shame, humiliation. Jesus took all of that, all of that, so that we don't have to. We're never going to be good enough for us to be a sacrifice. And we don't have to be. Jesus was. I love the way 1 Peter says this. I didn't put it up there. I just, let me read this. I love this verse. 1 Peter, if you're taking notes, 1, verses 18 through 21. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way that life handed down to you from your forefathers. But it was by the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. I just love that idea, but it wasn't through silver or gold. It wasn't through resources. It wasn't from this. It wasn't from that. It was from this blameless, perfect lamb. Slam. When they would bring after the Day of Atonement, you know, there's other things they were doing, the Passover and the grain offerings and all these different sacrifices. There's like five main types of sacrifices in the Old Testament. But one of the things you people would bring there, they would bring 
their sacrifice with them. And the first thing the priest would do, he would look at the teeth, look at the hooves, make sure there wasn't any type of deformity. And if there was a deformity on that animal, it wasn't going to be sacrificed to God. It'd be rejected. <laughs> Yo, little Bambi's got, um, little Lambie's got three legs and a rollerblade tape to it. We ain't sacrificing that thing. Get that out of here. Like, come correct. When you're going to bring your best before the Lord, bring your best. Like, we're not taking this defected blind. <laughs> like, no, we're not doing that. Like, we're going to give God our best. Jesus was the best. Blameless. Sinless. You've got religious leaders of that time that know the law better than anybody else. And they're like, man, really can't find any sin in this guy. Like, I mean, they're at dumbfounded, lost of words. They had to make up stuff to show he did something because he didn't do anything wrong. He was perfect. I can't imagine living 33 years on earth and being perfect. That's why he was 100% God and 100% man. 100% God, sinless, blameless, perfect. 100% man. Every single opportunity to mess up. Every single temptation that we get. And when we pray to him, he understands because his heart for humanity, he gets it. He's been there. He's lived it. He overcame it. Jesus did all of that. So we see that Jesus is the sacrifice. We see that he's the high priest. And then number three, Jesus gave us access. And I feel like this is what we just got to catch on and grab a hold of today. He gave us access. How many things in life are we worrying about right now that he took care of on the cross? Come on, how many things are we like, oh, I don't know. Ah, ah, ah. And heart's just racing, heart's just racing. And if we would just learn to just rest, mm. He took care of it. Everything I've needed, he has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. <sighs> he was the perfect sacrifice. He was the perfect high priest. Let me read this verse to you. We already read it. It's verse 12, Hebrews. And this is what he says, that after the sacrifice, after he's rose from the dead, verse 12, then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Ephesians 2, 6 says, says it a different way. For he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Wait a minute. Jesus rose from the dead and then he's ascended to heaven now? He sits at the right hand of God? Yeah. Right hand of God is a place of authority. He's calling shots. Like he's not a humble, suffering, suffering servant anymore. He was. For a time period, but now he's ruling and reigning king over all. So he is. And I love this part where it says in Ephesians 2 6, because we are united with Christ Jesus. Because we're united with Christ Jesus. That's what communion reminds us of. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. We're united with Jesus. His body that was broken on the cross for us. His blood that was shed. It wasn't spilled. It wasn't an accident. Oops. Get the paper towels. No, it was shed. Like, this is what it's going to take for them to have access to God. I'll give it to them. He did that. But after all it now, he is seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, and we are seated with them in heavenly places because we are united with Christ. We have co-union with Christ. I don't. I receive it by faith. It's hard to understand mentally and logically. How is he in heaven and I'm in heaven because I'm with them? 
There's this whole spiritual dynamic that's taking place. But when we take the body and consume it, it reminds us I am one. I'm I'm in co-union with Jesus. When I take his blood and receive it, Lord, it was your sacrifice that I'm receiving that gave me access to God. It's not just some random baseball we're playing with. It is the Babe Ruth autograph ball, and it's so good. And so much more than Babe Ruth. So much more than anything of gold and silver. Everything on this earth, this planet, is perishable. But the covenant, the sacrifice, the love of Jesus, it's imperishable. So today, here's my challenge. You've been given access to the living God. You've been given access to complete forgiveness of sins. You've been given access to all the provision that we ever need. You've been given, granted access to complete healing. He bore our stripes, bore our sins, bore our sicknesses and our illnesses on the cross. He did all of it. I want you to be reminded today that his sacrifice wasn't in vain. It was complete, perfect, finished. And when we take communion today as a family, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're worried about, whatever you're settling for, whatever's occupying your thoughts, it is finished. Jesus did it on the cross. You don't have to be good enough. Jesus was. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.